Welcome to this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name is Thierry Halis. I am the editor of Global University Venturing. And as always, I'll also bring you the news from Global Corporate Venturing and Global Impact Venturing. And it is just me this week as Jim is on a well-deserved holiday for the next fortnight. And what a week it is to miss. We've got quite a lot of IPOs lined up for you, actually. But starting, as always, with the biggest investment of the week, which was electronics and appliance retailer Suning, which has spun off its online retail platform and e-commerce services activities into a newly formed business called Wanyan, with approximately $913 million in funding. The capital was provided by Shenzhen Capital Group, Sense Robot Management, Ningbo Zhangji Enterprise Management and Central China Asset Management at a reported $3.8 billion valuation. When it came to funds, carmaker Dongfeng Motor has pumped $91 million into a $243 million investment fund that will target developers of automotive technology in addition to products in adjacent sectors such as big data, cloud computing and artificial intelligence. Dongfang Bocom Wanjing Motor Investment Fund has received the same amount from Bank of Communications' Bocom International Holdings Unit, and the two will each own 37.3% stakes in the vehicle. Exits? Well, I promised some IPOs, but actually this one is too big to not cover, despite the fact that we don't generally cover acquisitions of publicly listed companies. But Salesforce is forthcoming and just announced $27.7 billion cash and stock purchase of enterprise messaging tool developer Slack is notable enough to make an exception. Slack, of course, hit the public markets in a direct listing 18 months ago with a guidance price valuing it at $13.1 billion. And many labelled its growth in the past few months as underwhelming, indicating the fever for enterprise software right now. Its backers include SoftBank Vision Fund, owner of a 7.3% stake pre-listing, GV, which invested at a $1.12 billion valuation, and Comcast Ventures, which initially invested at a $3.8 billion valuation. The acquisition is somewhat unceremonious, if lucrative ending, for Slack as a standalone business, which in 2016 welcomed Microsoft's entrance into the market with a ballsy full-page ad in the New York Times. Now, of course, Microsoft Teams has several times the amount of daily active users that Slack has, but with Salesforce's considerable cloud behind it, this could turn into the moment where Slack really becomes big business and justify that hefty price tag despite a very volatile share price this year. When it came to crossover news, we have Monza, which is a UK-based digital bank and has secured £60 million to increase a Series G round already featuring Vanderbilt University to £125 million. That's £167 million of your US dollars. The new funding came from conference operator Ted Global, Novator, Kaiser and Goodwater Capital. Monzo confirmed it as an extension to its existing Series G funding. Payment services provider Stripe, telecoms firm Orange, Y Combinator, General Catalyst, Axel, Goodwater Capital, Thrive Capital, Passion Capital, Reference Capital all provided the first £60 million in June this year. And the company had since quietly raised another 5 million quid. Monzo runs a digital bank with more than 4.8 million customers offering current accounts as well as business accounts, the latter used by some 60,000 clients. It's now raised in excess of $550 million since it was founded five years ago, 
initially known as Mondo. Series G funding was secured at a $1.57 billion valuation, a notable downturn to the $2.5 billion valuation achieved when Monzo raised $144 million in June 2019 from investors including Orange Digital Ventures and Stripe. That's the biggest headlines of the week for you, although, as it seems to be the case recently, we've still got only nine-figure deals lined up for you in the rest of the deals. Indian e-commerce marketplace Flipkart is spinning off PhonePi, a digital financial services business with more than 250 million users. Flipkart's parent company Walmart is leading a $700 million round that will provide the basis of the spin-off's emergence as a partially separate company, and the remainder of the funds will be sourced from as yet undisclosed Flipkart backers, valuing the spin-off at $5.5 billion post-money. Space and satellite technology, meanwhile, isn't one of the busiest parts of the startup space, but its companies are among the better-funded inhabitants. China-based Changguang is developing a satellite constellation that will provide high-definition images and video, and has raised $375 million from investors, including iFlyTech, reportedly as it prepares to go public. Other companies in China's space tech that have raised notable amounts include iSpace and LandSpace. United States' VC space may have had its annual Thanksgiving lull, but China, well, China looks to have picked up the funding button. Virtual Classroom Software Provider Empower Education Online, or EEO, leads the pack, having picked up $265 million in a Series C round featuring Tencent and Susquehanna International Group. Its earlier strategic investors include New Oriental Education and Technology, TAL Education Group and ATA, none of which were named as participants in the latest round. Healthcare organization software provider Olive has had a busy 2020 as well, closing its third round this year by welcoming GV to a $225 million round, valuing it at $1.5 billion. The Tiger Global Management-led round also served to double the company's overall funding to about $450 million, its earlier backers including Ascension Ventures. And community buying platform developer Nice Tuan has meanwhile closed its fourth round of 2020, raising $196 million in a C3 round co-led by existing investor Alibaba. The company's previous three rounds totaled about $250 million, and while there's no official word on its valuation, the considerable growth of many of its peers in China's online education sector this year indicates it's likely in the multiples of what it was valued at in January. And Everlywell is one of the companies that has experienced major growth this year as well, adding a COVID-19 product to its range of home testing kits, and now raising $175 million in a Series D round featuring over-the-top media company The Kernin Group. The round valued Everlywell at $1.3 billion according to Forbes, and it has now secured over $250 million in funding since being founded. Funds, we have one more notable fund for you here. UK-based VC firm First Minute Capital has launched a $111 million second fund with backing from LPs including Tencent and Henkel. The vehicle is anchored by investment trust RIT Capital Partners and its LP list also features Atomico as well as four undisclosed California-based investment firms and some 70 founders of businesses valued at a billion dollars. Exits, well, here it comes, a whole bunch of IPOs. 
But first up is JD Health, the healthcare and medical retailer and service provider spun off by e-commerce group JD.com, which has floated in Hong Kong's largest IPO this year yet, raising $3.48 billion after pricing the IPO at the bottom of its range, at a valuation nearing $29 billion. JD.com isn't finished either. Its JD Logistics spin-off is recruiting bankers for an offering expected to raise up to $3 billion. And Dynamic Glass developer View is one of the most prominent holdouts from the golden age of clean tech funding, having raised a total of $1.8 billion in debt and equity, $1.1 billion coming from SoftBank Vision Fund two years ago. It's now become the latest company to take the reverse IPO route joining forces with SPAC CF Finance Acquisition Corp. 2 to form a publicly listed business with a valuation of about $1.6 billion. Views earlier backers include Corning and GE Ventures, though the latter may well have divested its stake by now as part of its wider sell-off of companies. And Cloudwalk Technology has filed for a $574 million IPO on Shanghai's Star Exchange that would allow corporate investor Higher Financial Holdings, Bohe Capital and PCI Suntech to exit. The company is one of China's four largest image recognition software providers, along with Megui, SenseTime and Yitu, none of which have managed to complete an IPO as yet. And cancer and viral infection treatment developer Silverback Therapeutics has just executed a successful IPO of its own, raising almost $242 million in an upsized offering priced above its range. Selgin and Bristol-Myers Squibb are among the investors that had provided some $211 million in funding for Silverback over three rounds. The IPO price valued the company at approximately $695 million. Cisco Investments seems to be having a good week as well. It's exiting customer in a reported $1 billion acquisition. Take a look at globalcorporateventuring.com for more on that one. And another portfolio company, customer data software provider Gainsight, has agreed to let investment firm Vista Equity Partners buy a controlling stake at a $1.1 billion valuation. The transaction will come after $157 million in funding for Gainsight from a pool of investors, including Salesforce Ventures. And finally, some comings and goings for you. Susanna Hahn has been promoted to managing partner at Innovation Hub 1886 Ventures as part of its spin-off from Mercedes-Benz, a subsidiary of Daimler. Hahn had been a director of Mercedes-Benz's Innovation Lab and on the advisory board of one of its portfolio companies, flying taxi developer Volocopter, for about four years. At Ilya Galfenbein, head of Google Assistant Investments, a corporate venture unit for Alphabet focused on voice-activated assistants, has left to set up venture capital firm The AI Ventures. Gelfenbein had set up Google Assistant Investments in 2017, a year after joining the company following its acquisition of Dialogflow. And finally, Julie Keynes, former senior associate at Salesforce Ventures, the corporate venture unit for US-listed customer relationship management software provider Salesforce, has joined venture capital firm Dawn Capital as a vice president. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, these are only the top headlines from the past week. So do head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com and globalimpactventuring.com to find everything else. 
And of course, do check back daily to stay on top of the news as it happens. I hope you enjoyed the episode and if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate because it helps us grow our audience. And don't forget to recommend us to your friends and colleagues as well. Maybe even tweet out the episode or post about it on LinkedIn. Keep an eye out too on Wednesdays for our leadership series where we talk with thought leaders from all over the world to find out more about how they are supporting the innovation ecosystem. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, you can email me at thales at globaluniversityventuring.com. That's T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also tweet us at GCVenturing or G-U-Venturing. My name is Jerry Hillis. My co-host is Editor-in-Chief James Mawson. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. Do check him out on inearproduction.com for all your podcasting needs. Our intro music is by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. We'll be back with more news next Monday. Have a productive week, everyone. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.